the Secular Ethics Case Study Dilemma podcast. My name is Zoe Ortiz and I'll be your host. The case study that we are talking about is about Nike sweatshops. In 1991, there was an American labor activist named Jeffrey Bollinger who published a report on Nike sweatshops in Indonesia. There are people working who are in very bad conditions. There, there are people who are working for below minimum wages, child labor, and hazardous health conditions. There was also a film made by a college student named Jim Keady called Behind the Swoosh, which reveals how there are workers that are paid $1.25 every day and they're forced to live in slums with multiple families and share toilets and bath waters with them. This is a very common issue in developing countries like Indonesia, India, Thailand, Bangladesh, and Cambodia since there are hardly any labor laws that are enforced in those countries. It is reported that the factories are housed in poor buildings with lots of workers who are cramped in the building, which possesses a lot of fire dangers. The workers are also denied access to the bathroom and water throughout the day. Nike said that they had strict codes of conduct when it came to working. However, there is no actual knowing if they follow through with their word when it comes to developing countries. Nike treats this matter as if it's just a slight inconvenience rather than a very serious human issue. They also have been making sure that the factories around the world have been adhering to their work policies. They also still pay poverty wages to the workers. first question you must ask yourself is, what is a utilitarian? A utilitarian is someone who looks at all opportunities and picks the one that they think will be the most beneficial to society. What that is essentially going to bring is the greatest long-term happiness for the most amount of people. This is also known as hedonism. In relation to the case study, a utilitarian would think about what would make people the most happy. Another way to identify a utilitarian would be someone who is, quote-unquote, a benevolent and disinterested spectator, because they would essentially have to be kind as well as unbiased, which, in this case study, they cannot value their own happiness over others, of course, to make an ethical decision. Therefore, I believe that a utilitarian would say that what Nike is doing is ethical because of the sweatshops that they have make the people the most happiness. This would also be known as the principle of utility, which means that most people work together to make the others most happy. This is why a utilitarian would say that keeping the sweatshops is an ethical decision because the Nike consumers and owners, which are essentially a bigger group than the workers in Indonesia, would be happier because their products would be made faster. They would also make sure that Nike companies pay the poverty wages to their workers so that they're treated fairly and can have enough money to survive at home so that they can better manufacture their products. This would be participating in the principle of utility, which is what creates the most peace and happiness for the most people. This response would essentially make the most people happy because they're being treated fairly and they're given the materials that they need to survive. This would also allow them to work better and better improve the manufacture of Nike's products. This is what matters most to a utilitarian.
next question that we'll be moving on to is, how would a deontological ethicist respond? Well first, what is deontology? It is an action that is morally right if it is done with the intention to obey the moral law dictated. Kant views it as we can only control what we intend to do, not the outcome or the consequences of those said actions. That we can only control our intention, which is why the morality depends on your intentions. Kant makes it very clear that not all intentions can be good, even if you believe that it is good. It might only benefit you, but is defined by reason, which will then lead us to the categorical imperative. The categorical imperative is a major factor in deontology. This means that it gives moral commands that are universal and must apply to everyone in all situations. Kant believes that everyone should be treated equally. A deontological ethicist would ask themselves if everyone else can do a morally right universal action all the time. If they cannot, then they aren't keeping up with the categorical imperative. The way a deontologist would check to see if a specific law is impossible is if it ends up contradicting itself, its own will, or if it's an end to itself. Because of this belief, a deontological ethicist would want to make sure that everyone in this case study would be treated as equal as possible. They would make sure that the founders of the Nike companies are treating their employees as equals since they wouldn't want to live in a world where they themselves are working in sweatshops. Because if they do not make sure that this is happening, the law would contradict the will. This means that they would make sure that their working environments, pay, and living spaces are all overall grounded and equally as good as theirs so that a deontological law is not being contradicted. These factors are what matter most to a deontological ethicist. Thank you. Now, the next question that we will be looking at is how would a rights ethicist respond? A rights ethicist, when trying to find a solution, will look at Locke and Rawls for deciding what the solution should be. Locke believes that everyone is equal because we are all made equal from God. However, Rawls believes that we are all equal based on our own freedom opportunities. In the matter of the case study, a rights ethicist would want to make sure that everyone is equal based on the rights that they receive from God at their own freedom. Thus. They would want people who work in the sweatshops to be able to take breaks when they need to and have pay that is not below minimum wage, simply because that's just what a rights ethicist would believe. Generally, the rights ethicists would want people to be allowed their access to their God-given rights. Those God-given rights include their rights to life, liberty, and property, just so that they are treated as equally as they can possibly be. Another factor that a rights ethicist would want to look at is the veil of ignorance. Let me explain to you what that is. The veil of ignorance is the idea that people cannot make choices based on their own free will, and if they are being manipulated or do not have the full truth, they also can't make their own choices based on their free will. If a rights ethicist were in this situation, they would want to make sure that they're free to their God-given rights, just as Locke believes people should do. So therefore, they would disagree with the Nike sweatshops because it interferes with the workers' rights to their life. 
They would also disagree with uh, it because their living situations interfere with their rights to life and property. That is the factors that matters most to a rights ethicist. question that we'll be going into together is, how would a virtue ethicist respond? A virtue ethicist is going to see what could be the best in the middle and not provide extremes. They'd want to provide the most happiness, which is essentially known as eudaimonia. In virtue ethics, there is the idea that everyone has a telos which, in other words, means that everything has a goal or a purpose. When something goes against its own talos, it is typically thought to be bad. A question that is often posed in virtue ethics is, what is the purpose of human beings? As mentioned before, eudaimonia is the idea of ultimate happiness. So, therefore, using this knowledge, we can say that Aristotle's idea of a human's purpose is to have eudaimonia. He believed that you must have balance in order to achieve eudaimonia. In this sense, Aristotle believed that one cannot achieve eudaimonia without balance. Balance without character, character without virtue. And of course, most people want to be virtuous. Aristotle also believes in the golden mean, which is the middle ground between two extremes. So, using this knowledge, we can infer that a virtue ethicist would say that those who work in the Nike sweatshops should get treated the way that they are supposed to, whether that's through a good working environment or through good pay. It doesn't matter as long as there's balance and that they're being treated as fairly as possible and following all of the safety codes and guidelines in their factories. That's what matters most to a virtue ethicist. Finally, we'll be going into the last question, which is, how would I respond? In response to this case study, I would respond in any of the ethical theories except for the utilitarian way. I think that the utilitarian way is the least ethical because they worry more about the amount of people that will be made happy rather than worrying about who will be actually suffering. I think I agree most with the virtue ethicist way, only because they have balance and want to make sure that they're being virtuous with all of their actions. I think that being virtuous matters most while making these types of decisions, especially when it involves other people who may be potentially suffering. The second ethical theory that I agree most with is deontology. I personally like how deontology makes people think about situations on more personal levels. Of course, no one wants to work in a sweatshop, and that is exactly the kinds of things that deontological ethicists think about when responding to their case studies. 
I'd like to give a final thank you for listening to my podcast. That's all I have to say about these situations. Thank you so much for listening and stay virtuous.